You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my guest, Todd Fleming, who's a friend of the show. Welcome, Todd. It feels good to be back. I'm one of the early, I'm one of the OG guests. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. Been, I don't know what episode that you were, but it was uh, very early on. And and I think I was in. I think I was in the first five. Also introduce Harper Jones. Harper is uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and is one of the team members at Create Tailwind and part of the show for a long time. And so, welcome, Harper. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's going to be fun talking with Todd at uh, Real Estate and the bank. Absolutely. So, Todd, just for people that haven't heard you on the show before or don't know you, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background and what, what you're doing. You have a great story. Yeah, so I started in, I've been full time, full time in real estate for a decade now, which is kind of wild, just wild to think. I, I'm th- So I'm 35 now, and I came from a background of baseball and majoring in eligibility. Like my whole goal is to play professional baseball. And then when that didn't end up panning out, I basically had to find myself. And I ended up after trying multiple odd in different jobs, things like that, and, and avenues ended up landing on real estate, started with my license, got rid of my license because I wanted to be on the investor side. And started my whole career in wholesaling because I didn't have any money. So the first deal I ever closed, I had 11 bucks left. And my first deal closed, I made 7,500 bucks. It's the richest I've ever been at $7,500. That's the biggest 7,500 I ever made. And then since then, just been continuously growing and working through. Hey, started with wholesaling, didn't have any money, started to build up some cash, ended up moving into promissory notes after my wife got pregnant with our first son or their first child. Ended up moving into promissory notes and then ended up getting into rentals, transitioning from residential to small multifamily and then multifamily to commercial. And our focus now is larger commercial buildings and specifically medical. We really like medical real estate. So we can go into that if you have any questions about that. But medical real estate is really like where our focus is now. No, and that's great. And that makes a lot of sense to me because obviously you can order clothes online. You can uh, do a lot of things online, but one thing you can't do is you can't get medical procedures online. You might be able to get medical advice online, but to a limited degree. And when you look at like down here in Southwest Florida, they are building medical buildings left and right. Yeah. Anything. I'm a big believer when it comes to real estate investment, if it's going to be on the commercial side, anything experience side or just nonstop needed. Like you can't, to your point, you're not going to get an operation at the mall. You're not going to get an operation online. So you want to be, you know, you're going to want to be somewhere that has consistent foot traffic. So medical for us. And then honestly, the second best tenant that we look for is animal medical. So veterinarian clinics. And before you question it, before you think like, wait, what? I want you to ask yourself if you've ever had a pet and you've ever gone to the vet, have you ever had to not wait? You always have to wait. So think about that. If you're on the other end of that, like they're great, great tenants. So yeah, our focus is fully medical, whether it be human or dog. <laughs> right, right. As long as it's not a cat. No, I'm just kidding. For all cats <laughs> yeah. out there. I'm allergic to cats, so that's why I'm not a cat person. Well, it's one of the reasons. Hey, Todd, Todd, when you're yeah. looking for those properties, do you try to find properties with existing tenants or do you try to find the tenants first and then look for the properties? So 
funny. So like the way that I teach, so another big piece of my business and my purpose and my mission is to end financial suffering. That's like my big driver, like real estate's amazing. And that ended my internal suffering within me and my family. And that was like really my avenue to be able to build capital and pursue my purpose without having to fund it through a traditional job. So my purpose and my mission in life is to end financial suffering for others. So I want to be the greatest teacher that I can be that way I can help people in their finances. So that's my big driver, right? Now in that, something that I realized was, you know, for your, so, so what I teach in wholesaling specifically, when people want to start getting into real estate, because I think it's the greatest way to get out of suffering. What I teach in real estate is if you're going to be wholesaling, I want you to go find your buyer first. That way you're always looking for properties for buyers. So it's really interesting that you asked me that question because we still practice that today, even with the buildings that we're going to buy. So I have really good relationships with people within medical that lease and they're part of large networks. So I will actually go to them first and say, would you like to lease this building? And if they say yes, I will continue to pursue the building. And if they say no, I either need to find someone else or I no longer pursue that building because they're the largest medical network in America. So if they're not willing to lease it, why? Like, what do they know that I don't? So they're able to teach me on that. So having the tenant first, actually, I actually follow that principle, even with our rentals, helps a ton. And it cuts down on vacancy. You can have leases in place before closing. It can be part of the closing contract. It builds a lot of momentum in your business very, very quickly that way. Yeah, I like that. You know, Todd, let's back up a little bit because, you know, one of the things that I, the the, uh, original time that you were on the show, and I I think you've been on the show a few times, but the original time, I remember you told me a story. So if you're 35 now, you said I was 25 and I had $25 in my pocket or in my bank account. So I deduced that, does that mean I'm going to have when I'm 40, I'm going to have $40 in my checking account? Oh, you remember that that story. You remember that story? Yeah. So I was at that point, 24, 25. And I like just, just for specific numbers, when I closed my first deal, I had $11 in my checking account. I'll never forget that number because before I went to the closing, I was going to have a celebratory coffee. It was above a coffee shop and I didn't have enough for what I was getting. (laughs) So I had to check my bank app before actually the closing. And then the closing got delayed till the following Monday. So I had to go the whole weekend with 11 bucks. So I'll never forget that. That was like a, that was a, uh, you know, implanted into me at that point or imprinted into me. So the way that I was thinking before that, like when I was at the jobs, when I, when I finally decided I needed to do something different, I needed to act in a different way and think in a different way was I was sitting in a cubicle at 23, 24, and I had 50 bucks in my account. And I was like, so if I say on this pace, when I'm 50, I'll have 50 bucks. Like if I don't change something, like what will change in my results? So if I'm 50, I'm going to have 50 bucks. If I'm 60, I'll have 60 bucks. And then I also thought to myself, well, there's also a very good chance that it's actually not that much because things are going to get worse. <laughs> so things are going to become more difficult. So that's what really scared me. That was the first thing, one of the first things that really pushed me towards no matter what, I am going to do something different. That was a very, that was a big awareness moment for me. So what do you think changed? What was the number one thing that changed at that moment? Okay. I was sitting in my cubicle. I remember the guy I was sitting across from. His name's Greg. Great dude. I feel terrible that I did this to him. Greg, if you're listening, I love you. I'm sorry. I was sitting in my cubicle and I heard in my head, your financial struggles are not your employer's fault. And when I heard that, it hit me. 
because I had been making all the excuses that so many people do. I'm like, oh, I don't get paid enough. They don't provide enough, this, that. Like, it's always the company's fault, right? So when sitting in the cubicle, I heard that and I looked up and Greg's eyes were directly above the cubicle. Like, if you're listening to audio, I just have my hands up to like directly below my eyes. So just a vision like the guy, you know what I mean? Like with the headset on. And this is, you know, and I'm coming from a background like where I wanted to play professional baseball. So I had all these dreams. And I looked at him and I said, how the, did I end up sitting next to you? <laughs> and he just looked at me like he's on the phone with a client or a customer. Like he's on the, like he's, and his eyes just light up. And I, and I was like, I, I was just at a complete loss at that point. And that was the moment that I walked out of the building and I never walked back up those steps. That was the moment that I decided that no matter what I was going to do this or I was going to die. That was literally how committed I was at that point because I was in so much financial and emotional pain that I, I had to do something different. I knew there was something better out there for me. And then it was a year of struggling, not making a single dime <laughs> and then, and then getting the ball rolling after that and then discovering, you know, wholesaling and real estate and really building so, that up. So what I love about that story, Todd, is that there are people out there right now that are sitting there you know, there's a million people out there that want to be in real estate and they're at some point in that decision-making process. They haven't changed their thinking, but you weren't interested. You were committed, right? And that's a yeah. difference. And I, and I want to pivot that into how you got into teaching, what you do now and kind of like what services you offer. Cause you know, it's, it's cool. And there's a lot of people out there in real estate and what's going on in the market and everything else, but getting somebody from stationary to action, it's everything because once you're in motion, then it's how fast you're in motion, what direction you're going in. And we can talk about all of that, but I want to talk to the people that are sitting there in that cubicle right now. We're sitting there in 2000 square foot office because you can still be just as stuck in that 2000 square foot office. Talk a little bit about that, Todd. So my mission is to end financial suffering. So it's funny that you mentioned the 2,000 square foot office because most people think financial suffering is this, oh, I'm poor, I don't make enough. But that's not the truth. What in reality is the person in 2,000 square foot corner office can be in as much financial suffering as someone who doesn't make enough money. So think about any professional athlete that goes broke. They don't actually know money. They don't actually understand wealth. They don't actually understand finance and how to handle things well and provide for others. They just have a really, really high income, really, really high, essentially W-2 paying job, right? And then when that job goes away, you see guys struggle. The same thing with lottery winners. How does a lottery winner go broke when they win $150 million? Well, it's simple. The government takes half and then they spend the other half and then they're right back to where they started because they don't actually increase any financial literacy. So I'm a big believer in for the person, if you're sitting there right now in the cubicle, if you're unfulfilled, if you're unhappy, one, you're not alone. So a lot of that time that feels lonely. So you're listening to someone or watching someone right now who was like that and made a huge change, huge shift and completely changed their life in less than 12 months. So it's very possible. It also takes less time than you think. But motivation is not real. But momentum is. So right now you're afraid and worried and frankly terrified to take that next step because of the what if it doesn't work or what if this happens or what if that happens when in reality if you just take that step all of that fear will go away you have to take a physical action step all that fear will go away because internally in your brain your brain will go from filling the unknown with fear because that's how you survive to it'll switch and it'll go to exploration 
and you can't be fearful and exploring at the same time. So your brain will choose exploring. So if you just take a physical action step, you will literally feel better. You'll get a little dopamine hit and then your brain will want more of that. So you can change your direction overnight. You won't get to where you want overnight, more than likely, depending on what you want. I guess it's possible it's that you could, but you can change your family tree's direction literally overnight by making a decision and taking a singular action step. So if you're the person that's stagnant right now, all you have to do is take that first movement. That's it. And your brain will switch. You'll move from fear to exploration. I promise. That's how you crush fear. You know, I really like that. Um, action cures fear is what the, uh, the book, uh, the magic of thinking big by Do uh, David Schwartz. So I got to so, think of a funny story when I was, I don't know, 20, Two twenty-three, and I'm living in Louisville, Colorado. That way, people in Louisville know that I'm. I didn't mispronounce that. They call it Louisville <laughs> in uh, in Colorado. And I'm looking to buy this house from this guy, and I pull up to the house, and here's this guy's got long hair, raggedy beard. You know, I am in Boulder County, so just you know, kind of imagine that with me ripped shirt he's painting got shit all over stuff all over him and um say so i said hey do you know where the owner is he goes oh i'm the owner and i said <laughs> oh, okay so you own this house yeah this uh you know it was a rental i'm gonna sell it i've got these rentals these rentals these rentals and i'm like this guy's got all this stuff this guy so i said hey you know and he was probably in his 40s and I just said, I asked him something like, how did you get all these properties? And, you know, like, and he started explaining it to me. And I said, well, you know, like, where did you start? How did, and he said that he, he described like, you're standing on the bank of a river and on the other side of the river is everything that you want. And he said, the secret is you got to jump in the river to get to the other side. Cause as soon as you jump in the river, just like you said, you're not going to let yourself drown. Now you're yeah. in exploration process like oh crap how do i get to the other side of the river right i mean i even if i can't swim i can grab a log i could float to the other side or you know whatever i gotta do i could build a i mean somehow i gotta get to the other side of the river but you won't ever get to the other side of the river unless you're in the river so i love that you recognize that when you did that actually i think at an early age a lot of people wait for a long time and they're, I don't want to say they're paralyzed, fear paralyzes us. That's why action is the only thing that can cure fear. So the, the, the thing that I also like, Todd, is that you learn how to do this on your own and then you're sharing with people how you did it. So talk about like ending financial suffering and teaching people financial literacy and how money really works. Talk about how you do that. now. Okay. So in the beginning, when I was, again, full transparency, solving my financial suffering, like that's what real estate did for me in the beginning, right? So in the beginning of that, when I was working through that, it was, it was fulfilling to a point. Like money will be fulfilling to a point. Now, when I reached a point in which I wasn't getting the same uh, level of fulfillment or excitement out of the next deal, that's when... That's, that's also when other people around you will notice that something's different because you're no longer in the same financial suffering that 
people normally are. And they go, hey, hey, what's different? Or how'd you do it? Or um, they start asking questions. And when, if they, a question is asked, the mind is typically open. Okay. So what happened was I've solved my financial suffering, my family's financial suffering. And then I had a couple people ask me, a couple friends, close friends, like, hey, what are you doing different? Like, how, how'd you do this? So I challenged myself. I was like, what if I taught them? I wonder if it would work for them. So I taught them what I knew and what I had done and what worked for me. And I just worked with them privately. No, like no payment, anything like that. They're close friends. And it worked for both of them. I was like, okay. And then I saw the, like the light go off in them and t- or turn on in them. And then they went off and they created, you know, what made sense for them. So that was really cool to see. So then I did it with a few more people, a handful of people at a time. And then it worked for all of them. Okay. So might be onto something here that actually works. And then after that, I just started growing into, okay, instead of affecting five people, how can I help 10? And then instead of helping 10, how can I help 30? If I could help 30, how could I help 50? And then it became, okay, if I'm not here to teach it at this exact moment, how can I do it in a way that they will still get the benefit? So that's when I started recording things. I started making actual content and courses and things like that. And then people started getting great results. It's actually how Harper and I originally met was through content creation and courses that were available and him coming into a, a community that I was a part of. So at that point, I start to see momentum in other people. That's when I really realized, which I think is the true key here to understanding, is you do not find your purpose. People are like, well, if I could just find my purpose. You don't find your purpose. You develop it. It's totally different. I thought once I got good at real estate, I was like, my purpose is real estate. I now realize that it has not, like it, it's obviously a key in my purpose. It's a driver. It's a vehicle in which I can use for my purpose. But my purpose is to end financial suffering because over time I realized like it wasn't the someone getting their first deal that was so exciting. It wasn't someone getting their fifth deal or their 10th deal. It was the person that could retire their wife. It was the person that could walk away from the job. It was the person that would come to me and go, dude, I've never had 10 grand in the bank or 50 grand or 100 grand or 250 grand. Like they literally build up savings and they were able to invest in different things. Like they're like, I don't have to check my bank app before I go to the grocery store. Like that, that is the one that hit me the most and always. So that's when I recognize like, oh, it's not the real estate side. It's actually the financial side and solving the financial side that's creating a lot of fulfillment. And it just continues to be that driver. And as I started to build it out on a larger and larger scale, the better it was and the quicker people would move. And the more benefit people would get. So I was like, that became, that's how the purpose came to be and the mission came to be. So it started 10 years ago and I just thought it was real estate. And over the past handful of years, especially, like it took me four or five years to realize that. So over the past four or five years, my mission has shifted, you know, from real estate to really the financial side, but using the vehicle of real estate, because I do continue to believe that it is the absolute best vehicle possible to end your financial suffering. And for now and the long term, no matter where you're at. So you said a lot there, Todd, but let's, I want to unpack a couple of things. One is I like that, you know, when we talk to people um, at Create Tailwind about infinite banking and we talk about buying assets and we're showing them, you know, everybody that's talking about infinite banking online, they want to talk about the insurance contract and how to design the insurance contract. And, oh, there's only these companies for the insurance contract. And it's such ignorance because it's a tool. The real estate is an asset, right? I mean, there are a lot of different assets that you could buy, but why do you want to buy assets? Why do you want to control the banking function in your life? Why is combining those two things together 
absolutely help velocity, uh, the velocity that you're going to build your wealth. But the goal, the goal is not retirement. The goal is not all no. these old concepts that people are still clinging to in scarcity mindsets. It's abundance and it's, it's having more than you need so that you can share it with other people, with your community, with all, I mean, you can bless other people's lives, but you know, so I like that you're talking about that because we could talk about real estate, what's going on in real estate and everything else, but it's really the mindset and the way you think that matters. And if you don't have the right mindset, then you won't take the action. If you don't take action, you're not going to get, and I love how you said the exploration is. And so I love that that's your change in the last four or five years. So let me ask you a question. So let's say somebody's in the audience and I don't care if they're 25 or 75, they say, you know what, Todd, I want to learn more about Todd. I want to learn more about like, how do you coach people? How do you help people? Tell, tell me what you have going on there now. Cause I know there's some cool stuff going on. Yeah. So I was feeling called to be more in the public space. That's why I've made the changes that I have in the past, you know, six to 12 months. So <laughs> a lot of what I'm doing is on YouTube now, which is really exciting. So that was, a, you know, my, again, goes back to my mission. My mission is to end financial suffering, right? So if my mission is to end financial suffering, I have to touch seven to 8 billion people somehow. So I have to be on a platform that they're already on that's free. So YouTube was the answer to that. So we have a lot of focus and we're all in on that. So we, are pod, we have a podcast called Financial Favor. And I run that podcast with my niece, Aisley, which is actually a really cool dynamic because we got two different generations. We have two different um, genders and we're having really, really cool conversations about how money works for her, how money works for us, how money works for me and like how that dynamic works. So like we have that side of, you know, if you're a part of a younger generation, you're you're 19 years, you're, you're a 19 year old girl and you don't have someone to talk to and trust about money or a male figure in your life. Like that's why the podcast is there. It is to move people, you know, from financial suffering to stability and then stability to thriving. So that's a, that's, that's a piece that we're all in on for sure. So the YouTube channel, it's just my name, Todd Michael Fleming, but the podcast is called financial favor. And then for coursework, more intimate work, we do, we have a number of different different courses ranging from wholesale to cash flow to financial literacy. So they're all based on the books that I have out. So I'm, I have a couple of books that have been out for multiple years. I have a third book coming out very, very soon. So this is becoming a lot. You're like, how many projects does this guy have? Uh, many. Okay. So, but the beautiful part about that is when you declutter your soul, right, you end up having a lot of more capacity and you get really excited for the things that you're doing. So you don't get, have that same level of exhaustion. So we have a lot going on, but yeah, you can discover more at toddmfleming.com. So you can pick which course makes the most sense for you. You'll be able to join our private community that way. You can interact directly with us. And if you have questions, whether it be on real estate or finance or uh, mindset or just whatever you have going on in your life, you're going to be around a group of people that really want to help move you forward, which is the important piece to me. Todd, I have a question for you. When you had started wholesaling and getting some more income, I'm sure that was a great feeling. You had a period of time with that where you're like, this is awesome. But then oh, when yeah. did you transition to buying cash flowing assets to replace your income so you didn't have to go to work for the check every day? I remember the second deal we ever closed, uh, we had 10 grand in the bank and my wife and I, so we have two celebrations. We have a couple of different celebrations, right? So every time we do a deal, have a success or a win, we celebrate it, right? And our big one is going to Macaroni Grill. 
Okay, we're very fancy like that. All right, so no matter how much money we have, we're going to Macaroni Grill. So I remember after our second deal, we went to Macaroni Grill. We had ten grand in the bank, and I remember walking through that place, going, "Who else got ten grand in this place? Huh? Yeah, I'm probably the richest person here. Unbelievable." <laughs> so like, it went from that mindset after the second deal ever because it was so exciting and so new and so novel to when we got pregnant with our first child. He's seven now. We had just been wholesaling for a couple of years at that point. Again, stacking money to your point, like just discovering that we're actually just high income earners. We weren't actually building a business per se. We were just self-employed, but being paid really well. So when she got pregnant with him, she had what's called hyperemesis. So basically, long story short, you can't eat or drink when you're pregnant, which is kind of required. So she ended up in the hospital a bunch of times and I wasn't able to work the same hours that I was. That is when it switched in our heads of like, oh, we can't just keep earning money. We have to have it show up when we're not working too. So that's when I transitioned to continuing to wholesale. But instead of taking that next $10,000 assignment for the next $10,000 check, since it wasn't going to change our lives, I started taking it as promissory notes. So that way the money would come in slower over time. And also it would grow because there was an interest rate involved. So I would take my notes or I would take my fees as promissory notes. That way I could build some consistency and stop starting at zero every single month. And then we transitioned from notes to rentals after why it was born. Yeah, that's awesome. Good question. Harper, another question? Uh, let's see here. I think that, you know, when you're building out uh, the rentals and the properties, you can still make it a little bit of a job. How do you make it more of a business so you can remove yourself as much as, as possible? And maybe that's part of going into medical or commercial. Oh, man, that's one, that's absolutely part of it. But two, real estate can be a horrific job if you have rentals. Like it can, like if you don't understand the business side. So you have a piece of real estate, okay, that is considered an asset, right? But many times that asset actually takes from you. So it actually turns into a liability. An asset doesn't become an asset until you learn how to extract wealth from it. Okay. And that doesn't just mean money. That means time. That means opportunity. That means options. That means equity. That means all of it. Right. So you have to be able to measure that. And then the second piece is there is a business inside of that piece of real estate. There is a business inside that quote unquote asset. Right. So what you have to do is you have to understand both. You want to be able to buy value at a discount just to keep numbers super simple. If you have a hundred thousand dollar property and you know it's worth a hundred grand, you know the area, you have either comparables or you have a realtor that you trust that's saying, like, hey, this thing's worth a hundred grand, and you can buy it for 70. Congratulations. You just bought value at a discount. You're gonna have a tough time losing if that's the case. Okay, so that's the first step. The first step you buy value at a discount. The second step is if you want your life to get better with it, you have to be able to ask yourself the question: if I had 50 more of these, what would my life look like? And if the answer is anything but positive, you know you have to change something immediately because you're on the wrong road. So if you have six single family rentals, but you're managing them yourself, you're going to pick up the checks yourself, you're mowing them yourself, like you're doing all of the hard work yourself, you recognize like, oh, if I had 50 more of these, my life would look, I'd be in shambles. So that's obviously not going to work. So that comes down to the business side of real estate and understanding how to rent and lease something well. Like, how does your background check look? How does your credit check look? How does your interview process look? What does your actual lease look like? Like, who drew it up? Are proper expectations being set? And the best part about this is most people are like, well, I'll never know how to do that, so I don't want to get into real estate. Nobody knows how to do it the first 10 times they do it. You learn from the first one. Now you can get help. You can be part of a community that helps. You can be part of an education program that helps. You can have a mentor. You can have an attorney draw up your lease. You can have a title company. You can have anybody experienced around you help with that first initial process. 
But understanding the difference between the real estate itself and the business within it is what will actually give you the opportunity to set you free. Because over time, you'll recognize, all right, the only thing that really takes from me from this property is that I get, you know, two calls every other week. Well, you don't have to handle the call. That could be management. You could build a hub. You could build your own management. There's a number of ways you can have somebody that is part-time and they handle the phones and then they just message whoever needs to handle that problem. Like there's a number of ways to go about it, but you only figure that out by starting. Like you can't predict the future and be like, this is the problem I'm going to have. You have to have the problem and then fix it. Yeah. And that, that's where I think education is so important with anything in life. Right. Except maybe university education is not that important. But like when you're talking <laughs> about real estate and infinite banking, people want to get in real estate. I'm like, yes, you need to get started, but like get educated first. So you're making wiser moves and taking wiser actions. And the same thing with infinite banking. Some people are like, hey, let's look at illustration. Let's go ahead and get a policy. And it's like, well, we need to understand, you know, the process of infinite banking and and get comfortable with it and and see it at a conceptual level before we even look at that number and the same thing with real estate if we showed you a great deal on paper it's like do you even know what you're looking at right you got to be educated to be able yeah. to get there you got to invest in yourself first i am a huge believer in that whatever money you have right now so this is also why my education is structured the way that it is if you are in debt dead broke and can't you don't know where lunch is coming from guess what the YouTube channel is there for you. Go watch it. Go listen to the podcast and it will be able to get you to a point where you can buy a book and the book's 15 to 20 bucks. Now you can learn a brand new skill set for $15 that can literally pay you forever, right? So that's the switch. So it goes from free, you know, if you got 15 bucks, go buy a book. If you got a hundred bucks, guess what? Now you can be part of the community. Like I am a huge believer in whatever you have available to you today. The first thing you should do is put a strong portion of it into your self-education, self-improvement, and go learn something new, learn a new skill set from somebody. Because if you have $100, go give somebody that $100 and go, teach me something. And take that, teach me something, and go do it. And it's going to make you 1000 bucks, or it's going to make you 10000 bucks, or 5000 bucks. So you're going to have 100x return, 10 to 100x return on this first skill that you learn. And then what's great about that is you take that five or 10 grand or a thousand bucks, whatever it makes you, and you go to the next person and you go, teach me something. That's why we have courses at a thousand bucks. You can be a part of a community and learn something brand new. It's super in-depth that you'd be able to take with you forever. That thousand bucks is going to make you a hundred grand. That hundred grand that you can then put into yourself. Like anything you put into yourself is going to get an exponentially higher return than anything outside of you. So I can put money into a piece of real estate and get 12, 14, 20, 30%, like very likely. Right. Especially when you add in equity and tax benefits and all, all the benefits of it, you can earn a lot. But if I put that money into me, oh, man, I've put hundreds of thousands of dollars into my self-education and I started with a book. That's it. Like I bought a handful of books because I had 50 bucks at the time. So I bought a handful of books and then I bought my first course. And then I was a part of my first community. Then I bought my first like private coach, private ish coaching for like five grand. And then the five grand went to 30 grand and 30 grand went to. 55 grand and 55 grand went to a hundred grand up to a quarter million. All of those things have returned to me exponentially higher than any outside investment I've ever made. And that's how I've been able to make millions of dollars each year for the past, you know, handful of years. I love that. That was great, Todd. Thank you for that answer and that explanation. So you mentioned some books, the things that we like to do as we're wrapping up here is we like to ask everyone, and I know I've already asked you this question, but I'm just 
ask it again. Hopefully, you give us a different book. Then I don't remember the last. Book I was about to say, I got to give you a different book this time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, you can give the same book. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because you could you could give the same advice one year and then give exactly the same advice the next year. Some people that heard you the first time didn't hear it, and so you know you know that old. If God came down from heaven, Todd, and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book, what would that book be? Oh boy! Well, is this outside the Bible then? Because that's a topic. Like, if yeah, God's coming outside, down, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, I, I normally because it's actually all in. Word. It's actually all in there. My so one of the reasons people ask me, hey, why do you have such a good? How do you have such a good relationship with your wife? Harper can attest to this. Like me and Denise have an unbelievable relationship. And have you done so well in business? I was open enough for her to teach me about God, and she was open enough for her to teach for her to let me teach her about money. So we were able to combine those two things. So under starting to understand and re- recognizing that everything's actually in the Bible is unbelievable. But if I had to pick one book, and I'm only allowed to pick one book outside of that, it would be Richest Man in Babylon with zero hesitation. I base so, all of my financial decisions so, off that book. You know, what's funny, Todd, is 35 years ago, I guess when you were born, 1988. I was about to say, 1987? <laughs> is, in, at, in 1988, I got in this business of helping people with their money, the first 15 years misguided as a fee-based uh, financial planner getting assets under management for Wall Street. But I used to hand that book out to people. I used to buy boxes of that book and hand it out to people. And um, I would agree with you. It's it's a great book. But you said something more important. I mean, that's, that, that is a book that everyone should read. Every 13-year-old or older should read that book. But you said something that is absolutely true. One of my favorite books, I have lots of favorite books, but one of them is uh, how we wrap up this show, and it's The Strangest Secret. But everything in The Strangest Secret is in the Bible, right? Because he says... The strangest secret is whatever you think about, you become whatever you plant in your brain, that's what will grow. Well, Mm -hmm. in the Bible, it says, guard your heart because your heart becomes your thoughts. Your thoughts become your actions, right? Now, I know that I can probably quote the way that it's supposed to be in the Bible, but I'm more of a conceptual person, visionary (laughs) than I'm uh, literal and, and detailed. So... If my wife, if, yeah, if my wife was here right now, she would be able to give you the exact paragraph, the number, the line, everything. Yeah, she's unbelievable with that. Like, I'm like, how, how, do you have the book with you right now? Yeah. Like, how did you do that? It's incredible. You know, outside John three sixteen, I'm really, I'm not sure how many verses I can quote word for word, and <laughs> I guess it de- de- depends on the version, right? But I, I agree with you. Think and grow rich. How to win friends and influence people. All of these books. It's all in the Bible, and that's so cool. If you read the Bible or you do a devotional every day, do something, you'll start to see that pattern, which helps you realize that these truths are the truth. So as we're wrapping up, thank you very much. Thank you, Harper, uh, for being And Todd, thank you for being a friend of the show and a client. And I'm, and I'm really impressed that you are passionate about helping people change their financial futures and how quickly you changed yours. And I want you to think about that if you're sitting in the audience is, I don't care if you're 70 years old. Okay, that means by the time you're 75, 
you can be in a lot better position than you are now. If you're 20 years old, hey, even better. So yeah, I've, thank- I have I have guys that I've worked with that are 75 that changed things very quickly because they have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I've had people in their 80s start infinite banking, and obviously we didn't put the insurance on them. But they started to, you know, get that mindset and they were business owners and they're and they're thinking, how do I teach the people in my family, the younger generation about money? And they're still at 80 some years old trying to give back to their family, community, et cetera. So, again, thank you so much, Harper. Thank you for being on and hope and uh, being my co-host today. So uh, we're going to wrap this up, audience, like we do every show with the incredible words of. Earl Nightingale. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.